TopplessRobot.com presents... Previously on Cosmic Love. Do you not know that Chip Chetford Bruddingly is an android? But he's so emotional. He's a wreck, like, all the time. Yeah, I guess they figured having him be a drama queen would make for better radio. I'll suppress his programming and wire up a quick blank slate program for now. He can now say three things. Hi, I'm Chip Chetford Brattingly. We're more than twins. We're more like one person split into two. And now that we're back in proximity, we might start to switch. We will assist you if you do a favor for us. There is a three-headed pony at Bertha. Beasties, we require it. Doug, hang on to your three adorable hats. We're coming for ya. Good evening, my gorgeous members of the Underground Resistance. You're listening to Cosmic Love with Madame Alexandra. I'm joined by Eddie, your favorite Torellian symbiont and master computer hacker. And together, we're going to rescue her twin brother, Eddie, and take down President Blark and his entire club of necrotic cronies. Anything to add? Hey, jerkwads. You may not have believed in my mission before, but when me and Eddie release all of the government's records on the evil shit they've been doing and everyone's horrified and the whole galaxy revolts, then you'll be sorry. She doesn't mean that, folks. She knows we're all on the same side. We can't let the bad guys divide us. Hi, I'm Chip Chetford Brattingly. We're also joined by Chip Chetford Brattingly, formerly of the Freedom and Family Values Hour, currently of Three Phrases. I'm not feeling very well. You'd better ask Lady Sandra about that. And? I wrote a song about how much I love President Blark. Would you like to hear it? Good boy. So, Eddie, it shouldn't be too hard to break into Bertle's Beasties. It's been closed all week, and I haven't even seen a security guard outside. Mort Glortzen is the zookeeper. As long as we can avoid his nightly rounds of feeding the animals, we should be able to steal Doug without anyone noticing. How are we supposed to get him back here? Or up to the monster in room 88C? Good question. Maybe we shouldn't overthink it. We could just throw him in a giant box and stick him on a hoverlift. Visitors get crazy packages delivered to them all the time around here. Won't he make, uh, I don't know, pony noise? I bet if we scrounge up all of my benzos, it might be enough for a horse. As usual, this sounds like a terrible idea. I'm in. Before we go any further, I have a couple of questions for you. All right, but keep it quick. One, what causes you and Eddie to swap? And two, what's the plan for after we rescue him? How do you do this magical hack? What causes us to switch bodies is pretty simple. It's just stress. Eddie's under stress basically all the time right now, what with being tortured and all, so it's up to me to keep us both together. When something stressful happens and I can't keep it together, poof, we switch. Okay. And my second question? What do we do after we rescue Eddie? Now, that is my favorite part. Me and Eddie hack telepathically. It's an ability that a lot of Torellians have. Had. I see why the government was so interested in wiping out your species. 
Yeah, it was a really well-informed genocide. Thanks. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean... Whatever, it's fine. I'm compartmentalizing. But here's the thing. For this level of hack, for me and Eddie to get into the deepest levels of classified government records, we need to be augmented by an external power source. Say, the biggest power source in the quadrant. The black hole between the docking bays! It was actually super lucky that he got transferred here. This is where we were traveling when he got captured in the first place. It's still one of the only places in the galaxy that uses black hole power. So how are you two getting off the station after you execute this miraculous hack? Hey, I don't have everything figured out. Feel free to contribute. I have contributed a lot, thank you very much. Listeners, I have contributed a lot. I have risked my show, my livelihood, my personal safety. Well, risk it again. We have a three-headed pony to kidnap. I prefer liberate. Fine. Let's go liberate Doug. Need a little more jet in your jet ski? A little more burr in your cryotube? Then tap into the greatest power source in the quadrant. Destroying a planet to consume its resources is a logistical headache. Discerning citizens use black hole power. The Black Hole Power Station is on Deck 63 and available by special reservation only. Contact Station Management to inquire. Initial reservation fees may apply. Please note that Station Management is not liable for any minor or catastrophic accidents that result from exploiting an unstable interstellar anomaly. There's something between the docking bays, all right, and it's here to power your dreams. Hello, listeners. We are now standing directly outside of Bertles Beastie's exotic zoo and charcuterie. As I hoped, there are no security guards posted here, just a warning sign from Center for Galactic Disease Control with a cute little stick figure being strangled by his own tentacle. Cuidado tentaculo, indeed. Door's locked. Not to worry. I brought my lock-picking set. Madame Alexandra has jimmied her way out of plenty of handcuffs in her time. Nice. Oh, yeah? You know, my dungeon's always open. Sorry, intergalactic madams aren't really my type. Well, nobody's perfect. Yes, there she goes. Easier than getting out of a hogtie over a sarlacc pit, that's for sure. Great. I have the pocket box and the horse tranquilizers. Stop trying to make this sexual. Hi, I'm Chip Chetford Brattingly. Fine, I'll behave myself in front of the children. Okay, here we go. Careful in the dark. The deli counter is to the right. Petting zoo is to the left. They're not serving the actual animals from the petting zoo, right? Because that's ghoulish and disgusting. Of course not. Just many of the exact same species who instead have never known a friendly touch or the distinction of being given a name. Wow. Yeah, life is pretty horrifying. Sure is. Somebody's coming. Hide! No time. Act casual. And over here we have Diggy the Colossal Tube Worm. We don't actually recommend petting Diggy. He's more of a look-but-don't-touch kind of exhibit. Oh, well, hi, Amort. Good to see ya. That's Dr. Glotzen to you. What are you young ladies doing? Yeah, this place is closed. I'm sorry, I know. But my cousin Blandra here is visiting the station, and she's only going to be here for a few more days, and she just wanted to see the animals so bad. I just love animals so much. Hi, I'm Chip Chetford Brattingly. Oh, Chip! 
You startled me. I didn't see you there. Why didn't you put a stop to this female nonsense? The petting zoo is closed. I'm not feeling very well. You'd better ask Lady Sandra about that. I would not like to ask her. I would like an answer from you, sir. Sneaking into a health hazard zone. I expected better from a law-abiding citizen like yourself. I wrote a song about how much I love President Blark. Would you like to hear it? Well, now, Dr. Mark Glodson does fancy himself a musical aficionado. Sure, I'd love to hear your song. I'm not feeling very well. You'd better ask Lady Sandra about that. It was a little strange after volunteering, but fine. Lady Sandra... Lady Sandra what? I'd like to hear that song. The song? Right, Chip's song. <laughs> uh, Blandra, how did it go again? I wouldn't know, cousin. I think he's only sung it for you. Right. How silly of me. <clears throat> well, loyal citizens, sing this song. Jude Blark, he is smart. The president is never wrong. And he's super not gay. He's got the shiniest hair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank God. You're not mad that I brought a stun gun and didn't tell you? Honey, anything to get me out of that. I wrote a song about how much I love President Blark. Would you like to hear it? No! Enough screwing around. Let's feed Mort a couple of tranquilizers and go get that pony. We're almost there. Doug's just past the Flying Moon Squirrel exhibit. Did you say squirrels? Yeah, look, there they are. Aren't they cute? I don't... like... Squirrels. What? Who doesn't like squirrels? They've got those little hands. With razor-sharp little claws and they jump out at you from nowhere? Uh-oh. No. No, 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 no. Not uh-oh. We don't have time for that. I had a very traumatic childhood experience with squirrels. Oh no. It's definitely happening. No. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. No stress. Yo! Another torture break? Chill. Squirrels? Squirrels is what did it? Hey, how you doing, lady? I'm stoked to see you again. Ugh, I'm stoked to see you again too, Eddie. Oh, dang! Did Eddie see those squirrels? You know, she hates squirrels. I did not know that, Eddie. She's not my symbiotic twin. I basically just met her. Word. Okay. So we're kind of in the middle of a heist situation here. I know we're in a zoo and there's a lot to look at, but I'm going to need you to focus. Hey, 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 over here, over here. Stop looking at the animals. We're here for a reason. We're here to liberate Doug, the three-headed pony. Whoa, dude, that pony has three heads. Yes, he sure does. Okay, look in your pockets. You should have a bag full of pills. Party! They're not for you, they're for Doug. Give me a handful. You feed that head, I'll feed the other two. That's right, buddy. Down the hatch, nighty-night. Dream of delicious oats and six-armed pony stylists. Okay, Eddie, you should also have a collapsible pocket box in there. 
It'll look like an envelope. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's it. Open her up. Rad. I've always wanted to use one of these. Okay, Doug. Now come on in here before you get too sleepy. That's it, bud. In the box. Good boy. Great. Slap a mailing label on there. Now we just have to... Oh, Shatner on a cracker. We forgot the zero-gravity hoverlift. Oh, uh, we're gonna have to push him all the way home. Yo, never say no to a free workout. You know what? I like your outlook. Okay, everyone, push. Dude, is that a unicorn? Looking is not pushing. But like, how sick would it be if we burst into the detention center on a unicorn? Dudes would be like, what? Actually, you bring up an interesting point. Chip, stop pushing for just a second. Let's think this through. A unicorn wouldn't fit through the ventilation shaft with us, but what about something smaller? Okay, let's see. There's the tribbles. Not too dangerous. Uh, the flying squirrels. Obviously not a good idea. Ooh, there's the plasma weasels of Plaxar 4! That could cause quite a scene. It might just be the distraction we need. Tight. Okay, toss a few weasels in Doug's box and let's get out of here. Hi, I'm Chip Chetford Bradingley. Everybody push. The following is a paid message from the United Galactic Postal Service. We're the post office, assholes. Send shit or don't. This message has been brought to you by the United Galactic Postal Service. Next time, remind me to say no to a free workout. Well, listeners, we've got Doug and the Weasels safely back to Madame Xandra's studio, and no one on the station seems to be any wiser. Besides zookeeper Dr. Mort Glortzen, who should wake up in one to two business days. Good hustle, bros. Ooh, I see I have an outside caller on the line. I just want to say again that I am so pleased the Underground Resistance is back on the Cosmic Love team. I'm ready to answer your love advice questions. Hello, you've reached Madame Xandra with Cosmic Love. Good morning, Miss Xandra. This is Colonel Mushu Rakark, and let me be the first to commend you on your progress so far. Colonel Rakark, what an honor! In fact, the underground leadership has decided that this rescue mission is now our highest priority. Red! Red, indeed. So, what does that mean exactly? It means that the entire resistance movement, from the military leadership to the custodial crew, expects this mission to be your first and only concern. We are relying on you to win the day for us, Miss Xandra. We are all listening. This is your moment to shine. My moment to prove that I've been a loyal resistor of the government all along. Exactly. Well, you have my word. I'm bound and determined to rescue Eddie. And trust me, bound is a good look for Madame Alexandra. Excellent. We will work on providing safe transport once the mission is complete and the eddies have hacked President Block's files. Work on means it's going to happen, though, right? If someone doesn't pop by to pick us up after we finish the hack, we're going to be royally screwed. 
And not like that time I spent a weekend with the King of Neptune. As I said, we will work on it. Now, as long as I have you on the line, I actually have an advice question, if you wouldn't mind. Mind? Oh, it would be my greatest honor. Good. Well, as you can imagine, I live on the secret rebel base when I'm not on away missions, which, even over a secure channel, I would prefer not to say how many of us there are, but it's not as many as we would like. Few, but mighty. Correct. So, my only source of social contact is with the other rebels, most of whom I work with on a daily basis, and almost all of whom I outrank. Sure. Which means that any, uh, dating is bound to create a power imbalance and professional conflict of interest. You want to know how to ask out one of your officers? Without making anyone feel uncomfortable, yes. If she says no, and then we have to fight side by side, it could damage morale. If she says yes, I may never know if it was only because I'm her commanding officer. It's fully against all protocol, but the way things are going, we may only have a few years, and to be frank, I'd rather not spend them alone. Does this Valentine of yours report directly to you? Is she in your... oh, what's the word? Chain of command? She doesn't serve on my ship, but she does ultimately report to me, yes. Well... Boss-employee affairs can be very sexy scandals, but they can also exploit power dynamics in a very unsexy, non-consensual way. But I completely understand your conundrum. With such close quarters and danger around every corner, it's not fair to ask everyone to turn off their sexuality like it's a switch. We're only human, after all. I am a serpent man of Volusia, worshipper of the Great Old Ones. Of course you are. Apologies for the turn of phrase. My point is, it's totally understandable that you'd want companionship and physical touch in these stressful and dangerous times. So, I should ask her out. First, I'd find a way to spend some time with her in a platonic setting. Maybe a group outing with friends, maybe just grab a Karelian coffee after a briefing one day. Just find a way to spend a little more time together that doesn't put her on the spot. That sounds inefficient. Think of it more like an undercover operation. You're getting intel. Once you spend a little more time with her, try to get a gauge for how she feels about you. Pay attention to how she talks to you, what nonverbal signs she's sending. Enlist a female friend to help read her signals if you need to. No shame in asking for help. If you think your lady love might be interested, then send a message to her. Do not ask her out in person. She's going to get flustered and feel like she's at a military tribunal, and her career depends on the next words that come out of her mouth, and it'll be a bad scene all around. So, send a text message. Send a friend. Send a courier pigeon. Whatever works. Invite her to meet you for a drink at a given place and time. And here's the most important thing. Make a point to say that this is completely separate from your careers, completely separate from the resistance. This is just you, a serpent man from Volusia, asking her, an empowered, modern lady, out for a drink. And then, Colonel, you take off your uniform, and you show up at that bar. And if she's there, let the sexy times roll. If she's not, though, do not say another word about it. No weird glances, no asking a second time. You have such an imbalance of power by being her commanding officer. You have to give her the power in this love dynamic, or everything will be wrong from the get-go. Does that make sense? Does that help? It does. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for bearing your soul in front of everyone. Who knows, maybe you'll get some offers you weren't even expecting after this. I hadn't considered that. That would be acceptable. I'm glad to hear it. Anything else, Colonel? Just complete the mission. Nothing else matters. I'll do my best. Thanks for calling. Well, you're in luck, Eddie. Looks like you're suddenly the Resistance's number one priority. Your sister will be thrilled. I think he's calling back. What's that? That flashing light? I think he's calling back. Weird. That's the internal call alert. Someone's calling from inside the station. Like we're still hosting the Freedom and Family Values Hour. I'm not feeling very well. You'd better ask Lady Sandra about that. Damn straight. Okay, Eddie. You take him back to the dressing room. I don't want any shenanigans. Good morning! You've reached Lady Sandra with the Freedom and Family Values Hour. Our show is currently on a hiatus. How can I help you? Oh, the loyal citizen sings this song, Jude Blark. He's smart. Who is this? How did you hear me singing that song? That was broadcast on an encrypted channel. Nobody in the station should have heard that. What's going on? The president is never wrong, and he is really not gay. <laughs> Cosmic Love was written, directed, and edited by me, Amy Thorstenson. Mad Alexandra was played by Katie Self, Chip was played by Chad Ashman, and Eddie was played by Katie Polensky. Thanks for listening, and be good out there.